Hey everyone, it's me, Olivia, and welcome back to the Girlish Podcast. Unfortunately, my co-host Gage will not be on today's episode. The other half of Girlish won't be on today's episode. We had conflicting schedules this week, and we just weren't able to have enough time to sit down together. If you guys don't know, we live literally on opposite coasts. I live in Florida. She lives in California. So sometimes it can be hard to work through that time difference. Like whenever she's working, I'm home and free. Or whenever I'm home and free, or whenever I'm working, she's home and free. So like it's just very conflicting a lot of times. And it recently was my birthday, so I was celebrating that. And now she's going home to Washington to be with her family. So like we've just been having this a lot of issues trying to find time for this episode. So, you know, we kind of talked about it. We're like, okay, it'll be okay if I like sat down and just did an episode by myself this week. And there might be more of these in the future, more or if Gage wants to sit down and do an episode by herself if we don't have time, or maybe one of us will have a guest and the other one won't be on. It's just sometimes it can be conflicting or it can be hard, but we still want to give you guys the podcast you signed up for. We still want to give you guys a weekly episode because we appreciate you and we want to know that we appreciate you. So to start, I want to have or I want to say a big thank you to our supporters on Patreon. So thank you to Abigail Bowen. Thank you to Ali Ali. Uh, thank you to Ellie Kim. Thank you to Joe Fan. Thank you to Kylie. Thank you to Wine Cellar Media. All you guys are incredible for just supporting us and being um, a, a lover of the show, just enjoying the topics that we have to talk about, enjoying the conversation that we have. It really means the world to us, and we just genuinely love it so much, and we love creating the show for you. So thank you. But yeah, so like, gay, like this is going to be kind of awkward because I am sitting here going to be talking to myself for like, I don't know how long I'm going to be doing this, maybe 30 minutes, maybe an hour. But yeah, it can. It, this is going to be a little bit weird, so I hope you guys can bear with me. But, you know, I have a topic that I've been wanting to talk about on the podcast for a while, and it's just been kind of eating me up because I feel like I should be transparent. I should talk about it more. But it is hard to do, especially because it's something that I'm still working through in therapy. I'm still kind of working through in my transition. I'm, I'm trying to understand myself, and it's something hard that I really went through. And so I figured, you know, now that I had the time to kind of record an episode like this, that this potentially might be the best idea for me to just, you know, have this empty blank space just for me to talk, just for me to vent. And I thought this was the perfect opportunity to kind of bring the story up, kind of shed light on things that I've been through. And I don't know, maybe some of you guys can relate. Maybe some of you guys have been through a similar situation that I have. But yeah, I really wanted to talk about something that affected me a lot. And it might be a sadder podcast and it might be a sadder episode. So I'm really sorry about that. But I just, I want to be real and I want to be honest. And I want to tell, you know, the dirty parts of transitioning, the hard parts of transitioning. I want to be as genuine as I can because I've had a tough transition. I've had a tough story. And like, you know, when it comes to like unsupportive parents, like I've been there, unsupportive family, I've been there like struggling, trying to find housing. Like I've been there and yeah, like I know a lot of times we can goof off and we can have fun and make fun of ourselves on this show, but genuinely transitioning is something so difficult. So I feel for every trans person out there going through something similar, every trans person of color. And that was a big reason why we wanted to make this show. So yeah, I'm definitely going to be going into that deeper. But first, I do want to give you guys an update on what's been going on in my life this past week, what I've been doing, because I've been doing a lot, and it's been a pretty exciting week for me. 
for starters, Monday, September 23rd. Um, I missed the upload. I accidentally forgot to upload the episode. So it ended up going up on Tuesday. So I'm sorry about that. If you guys were expecting an episode on Monday and it wasn't up, uh, that was my fault completely. I had like edited it, but I just didn't upload it because it just completely slipped my mind. I worked all day on my birthday. I turned 23 um, and I worked all day and then I came home and I went to dinner and then I came home and then I had like a little party with friends. So like it completely slipped my mind to upload the episode. I feel so bad about it. I'm very sorry. But yeah, that was all my fault. Um, But yeah, I had a really good birthday celebration. I had a few friends over and it was really, really just, it was so sweet. And these are like newer friends. So I was like a little nervous, but I was really excited to just kind of have like different clicks that I had had, like that I've had in Gainesville and just come together. And it all worked out so great. We had like a little like game night and it it was just really fun just hanging out, talking with everybody. Um, I had some friends give me some really sweet things. My friend Emily got me a plant. Um, Another friend of mine, I don't want to say their names just in case they're not comfortable with it, but they like got me like uh, their sisters. They got me like this photo from Etsy of someone like someone's art that they had recreated a picture of me and my cat. And it was so sweet. And like, I'm genuinely so happy that I don't know that they did that because I wasn't expecting anything. I didn't really I don't like I'm not a huge like gift receipt. Like I'm not great at receiving gifts because I just don't know how to react. But like I like teared up because it was so sweet. Like. I don't know. I just haven't had the best relationships growing up. I haven't had, you know, I haven't made that many like good memories of my birthday. My birthdays have been pretty a difficult thing to deal with, especially like growing up poor and stuff like that. And everyone always hypes it up. So it's always been a weird thing for me to celebrate. But it was really cool that like, I don't know, I had a bunch of friends come together and celebrate me. I was definitely an attention whore that day. And I appreciate all those people coming out. It really meant a lot to me. So yeah, I turned 23, which was insane. It was kind of um, upsetting. Like leading up to the day, I was getting really anxious because um, I just, I never thought that I'd see 23. I never thought that I'd see that age. Um, And I know that sounds really like sad, but I just, I I genuinely never thought that I'd be where I am today in my transition at 23 and happy and like stable. And it also was kind of scary getting older and especially because I genuinely don't know where time went. After I graduated high school, I felt like I blinked and I'm all of a sudden 23. I've already been in Gainesville for like almost four or five years, something like that. And it's kind of crazy because I just, I like, I don't even know where time went and how this happened and how, and 23 seems really old because I don't have my shit together. So I was having like this anxiety attack like what's going on like I don't want to get older I don't want to get older like it's really scary because like I'm not I'm not necessarily the most financially stable and you know at this point in my life at this age a lot of my friends had graduated college already and I'm just still kind of floating in the air like really just stuck and confused so I had a lot of anxiety going into 23 and I just didn't know how to deal with like the new age or me becoming this age. And I struggled a lot with it. I was getting really worried because I just, I didn't want to say that I was 23. 
and this is morbid, really morbid, but like growing up, I always said like when I turn 23, that's the year that I'm going to (laughs) die. Just because 23, the number has like haunted me. I was born September 23rd at 10, 23 p.m., and I watched the, the movie The Number 23 with Jim Carrey when I was young. So I was like, oh, that number is going to haunt me. And so I always said that never thinking I'd ever see actual 23. And then I ended up seeing it. And now I am that. And it is crazy just to kind of be here at this age. Um, but yeah, like I said, time has been just flying since graduating high school. When you're a kid, you want so bad to be older. You want so bad to be you know, just out of your house. You want so bad to be like away from high school. And then once that actually happens, like you just, you lose your youth so fast. And I'm I'm still youthful. Like I'm still a spring chicken, as my friend Juliet says. But I don't know, for some reason it, it does, there's a lot of pressure for me to be doing a lot right now, especially with my age. And so I've been feeling that a lot is what I'm saying. But yeah, it's been a really weird kind of scenario because, you know, like I said, when you're younger, you want so bad to be older and so bad to be older. But when you get to this age, you're like, I want everything to slow down. I want everything to just be so slow, especially when it was like the beginning of my transition. When I was beginning my my transition, I really, really desperately wanted to be five years ahead, three years ahead, like any aware away from me presenting a cis, away or as like a cis male, away from me presenting masculine. I really wanted to be feminine. I really wanted to be years down my transition. I like pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed, like trying to get through all this like horrible stuff that I didn't really enjoy the moments that I had, I felt like. And I just really begged for time to go by faster. And I low-key regretted a lot because I w- I really wish that I did you know, take things at a slower pace. If I wasn't so go, go, go all the time, if I wasn't so manic, I feel like I would have appreciated more. So that's like my only concern or regret going into 23. And how ironic that this episode is episode 22. So um, yeah, that was the age that I was that I wanted to be for forever. But yeah, you know, you have to get older, you have to kind of go with the flow, you have to accept it. And so that's what I'm learning to do is accept 23. And I've been take a shot every time I said that number, guys. <laughs> but yeah, it's been it's been pretty cool. Just I had a lot of friends over. It was a really cool experience overall. Um, Gage did something really sweet. And honestly, like literally my best friend, like, such a beautiful person. Um, She got people to like send in voice memos. I don't know if I'm going to play them. Um, there was a few that went in, I saw afterwards. And a lot of people sent DMs to her and she sent them to me. Just telling me happy birthday. And it really was so sweet. It like warmed my heart that she like went out of her way to do that. She just texted me randomly. She was like, don't go on Instagram. And I'm like, what? Like, she was like, don't look at my story and log out of Anchor. And I'm like, what's going on? I kept asking my girlfriend, like, what does she post? Like, what does she post? And then like she wouldn't, Emily wouldn't tell me. And so I was like, what what did, what did she even post? And it turns out she asked people to send in voice memos and um, send me messages. And it really was sweet. I think this year I felt so much, so much fucking love. And I can't really say that how appreciative I am of that. I posted a picture on my birthday and I had a lot of people wishing me happy birthday. And I don't know, I felt like, 
like this week, I've grown so much. I know that sounds silly, but I just, I really learned to appreciate and learn to love myself a little more. And it's been really, really cool to see that. Also, this weekend, I saw my dad. I know a lot of you guys know me um, as like me, uh, or my, for my video of when I came out to my dad. And, um, you know, my relationship with him has been like pretty good. Um, and so I saw him, he came to Jacksonville. So I went over there and I visited him, him and my sisters. And it was a good experience. Like, um, overall I had a fun time being there. It was really nice. He said that he was there for my birthday, which was, it was a lie. He was there to be in Jack or in Daytona. He went to Daytona. Um, he was there to be in Daytona for fun. He wasn't there for my birthday. Um, but I saw him the weekend before my birthday and it was really cool just to hang out. We went to Dave and Buster's, um, my Emily and I, my girlfriend and I, we got a little bit tipsy, which is funny. Um, we drank a little bit of, of like, it was like this wine thing and yeah, it was like a good time and I'm very, very happy that we, you know, we, I got the chance to see him. It's always fun when I get to see him. He always gives me money. (laughs) And also I got an, I got a new phone that's coming in today which is exciting. Um, I've had the same busted old phone for forever. Like it's been such a long time. My phone's been broken for so long. And finally I convinced my dad to get me a new one, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, it's it's been like a, a pretty good week. Although he did forget to call me on my birthday. I'm a little salty about that. But overall I had like a good time um, this past week. A lot has happened and I feel like go, go, go all the time. It was the first year I worked on my birthday, which is kind of weird, but yeah. So that was my week and that was some updates on my life. So before going on to the main show, I want to take a quick break for the ads and just, you know, yeah, have this little ad break. I hope you guys enjoy and I'll see you after the ad. Okay, so I don't know where to begin with this story. This is kind of a little bit more difficult for me to speak about. Um, It's definitely an issue that I've vented a lot to Gage, I've vented a lot to my girlfriend and to really close friends, just because it's something really personal, really private. And I've talked about it a little bit on a YouTube video, but I don't know. This has been something that's affected me a lot when I have a journal and whenever I write in it, I write about like three main things. I write about a lot about um, my relationship with food and eating. I write about uh, disassociation or dissociation because I get really bad, like out of body, weird, bubbly, like like I'm in a dream, like feelings like all the time. And the last thing I write about is my endocrinologist that I had whenever I first started hormones and my experience with her and the trauma she kind of gave me through dealing with her. And it is, it's kind of like a crazy story. Um, Or maybe it's not, maybe I'm overreacting, but it affected me a lot. And I'm still kind of working through it. And I want to talk about it. I'm not sure if I'm going to be saying her name. I don't think so. I don't think I'm ready to kind of just say it out loud. And it's weird because I feel like Everyone here praises this doctor so much. Everyone thinks she's like the best and everyone always talks about how amazing she is. But I had such an awful experience with her. And anytime I want to talk about her with anyone, everyone defends her. And it's like really hard working through that because everyone sees her as this perfect person. And for me, it wasn't perfect. And so basically what I'm talking about, if you guys don't know, an endocrinologist is 
like a hormone doctor who a lot of times uh, deals with like cancer patients. This was pediatric. So like kids that might need, I don't know, have issues with their endocratic system. And so a lot of times endocrinologists deal with trans patients. And so I was lucky enough that I called right around the time they were creating a gender clinic in the pediatric unit. I was 19. So I still was pediatric because it's under 21 um, to not be pediatric. And so I found myself going to the brand new gender clinic and I was really, really excited to be attending. And I was really excited to start hormones. Like nothing could stop me. I want, I would do anything to get on hormones. And so I went to her and, you know, I didn't think anything weird of it. Um, However, growing up trans, being trans my entire life, obviously, I um, have sensitivity towards my body. I'm not necessarily one to love my body. I have a lot of dysphoria regarding it or surrounding it. And it's definitely hard to love and appreciate because it's not the body that I feel like I assigned myself with. It's just something I've been living with. And it kind of feels like um like a parasite, I guess, like just something that's a part of me that I don't want. And um, yeah, dysphoria fucking sucks. So the main thing with this doctor that really troubled me for a long time um, was anytime I'd go in for hormones, she was really, you know, they were really nice. And I was able to start hormones on my second visit. My first visit, they're like, do you want to be a mother one day? I said, yes. So they didn't start me hormones on the first visit. They told me to get my sperm stored. So I did that. And then I came back and I started hormone replacement therapy, which is great. But the only thing is that they have to do like these, they were doing these like physical exams um, whenever I saw them. And so I would go and they gave me the hormones and they're like, okay, we need to do physical exams to like progress this journey that you're going on. And so it was like a really weird moment for me because um, I would get these physical exams every single time I went into the endocrinology office. And a lot of these times I didn't feel like I could say no. They just kind of set it up whenever I first started going there as this is the norm. This is what you need or this is what we need to do in order for you to take hormones. And every single time there was a physical exam, they would bring in like 10 other doctors into the room. Like only when the like we would talk for like an hour, I'd be there for a very long time talking with the doctors and like, but only whenever the physical exam happened. 20 other doctors would like come in. It wasn't like 20. It was probably like a room full. So it was like 10 and they would come in and in front of all those doctors, they would be like, okay, is it okay if they're all in here for this physical exam? And when you're sitting there and 10 other doctors are looking at you and I don't know, there was just this weird feeling in me that like, I'm going to get emotional. I'm sorry. It's like a hard thing that I'm still going through. But when like a lot of like other people are there looking at you, looking at your body, trying to like study you, you feel like you need to. And like when all these people that are official are doing this, you feel like you have to, you have no say. So in front of 10 doctors, am I supposed to say, no, I don't want you to look at my body? I felt like I had no choice. So like 
I obviously said, um, yeah, I said yes. And so this happened every time I'd go see them and I'd see them at least once a month. It was very, very often I'd see them and they would give me up, check my hormones. They would like look at updates, see like how, how I was doing. And every time there was a physical exam, every time there was a physical exam and every time all the, there was a million doctors. And then the shady thing is that this like one doctor that kind of ran the whole thing, she was like the person that was behind it all. She was the one that was doing it. And they never realized how much it affected me. And I would always get so anxious, so worried that like, I don't know, going through this, it was just a weird fucking time. I even had one doctor uh, that like whenever they were like, they would check my genitalia, they would check my breast. And I had one doctor like compliment my bra, which was fucking weird. Like, why would you say that? I don't know. It was like a weird, like so weird situation. And like everyone just was sitting there, like all these doctors idolizing this main doctor running it. And it was insane because I'm sitting there like this fucking freak laying there while people are looking at my body gathered around as this was some crazy thing that they were learning about. And it was fucking degrading. It was so degrading. And like, I look back at it like with so much pain because like, I just, this disconnect with my body that I have had for so long, it hurts. It really hurts going through that. And I know this is a lot and I'm sorry, you know, if this might be triggering for some people or if people gone through similar situations or maybe it's just a lot to hear but it was definitely a lot for me to go through and I had I dealt with a lot and um it was just a really intense time and my girlfriend was even there for one of the appointments and it's so crazy because my therapist was also connected with the office at the time and so I would bring up my concerns about the doctor and she would always shut them down saying like the doctor's really good. She knows what she's doing. And then it's just insane how everyone idolizes her and thinks she's amazing and does no wrong. And it hurts me so fucking bad. The whole situation hurt me so bad. And I'm still going through that and I'm still dealing with that. And I'm still learning how to deal with that because it's just, I don't know. I just, and then for the longest time, I thought this was normal. I thought this was what I had to do. And it wasn't until I started talking to other trans people, like trans friends, when I started talking to Gage, asking her if she ever got a physical, a physical exam from her doctor. And she would say no. And all these other people would say no. And it became this, such an intense moment for me of like when I realized what actually was happening. It like I like fell down a really dark place because... I was like, I had no say in this. I never had a say in this. And people were just, I don't know. I just felt really degraded and really upset by the whole thing. And I'm still dealing with that. And it goes beyond this. This this woman who is my doctor had this power trip on her where if I was asking for more hormones and she didn't want to give them to me, she would constantly scare me saying how I would die if I was on more hormones. She was giving me two milligrams of estradiol and saying if I went to four, it would kill me, terrify me as my doctor. Why would you say that when there are trans people who are taking eight, who I've seen take nine, like it's insane how she was telling me two milligrams was too much. 
And I didn't like want to fight with her because she was my doctor, but she would always throw in my face how it would kill me. I would die. And like, I don't know, there was this power thing that she had, how she thought that I should be grateful for her. One time she threw in my face how I like basically saying like, you know, I give these hormones to kids with cancer. I give these hormones with kids with diseases. Like I should be grateful that she's giving it to me. And it's like this medication isn't made for one purpose. Like I'm just as valid as receiving this as a sick kid is or whatever excuse that she was using. But she would say that like on constantly. And there was like this big falling out where I was on four milligrams after begging her so long. I was on four and I really wanted to go up. And she stopped refilling my prescriptions at one point. She just like stopped refilling it. And I would call and I would call. And she was like, I'm not refilling it anymore. I'm not refilling it. And also, um, I'm putting you to two this one last time. I'm refilling it one more time. I'm refilling it at two milligrams. And I'm, I'm done seeing you. I'll like make you go to the, the adult um, doctor because I don't want to see you anymore. And I was like crying. I was like, You're, she was putting me down back to two. And I remember crying, throwing in her face. I'm like, I've paid thousands of dollars for laser hair removal. You're gonna, you're gonna make, you're gonna make my levels so horrible. You're gonna tank my levels. My what you call my hair is gonna grow back. And like, this is my money that it's affecting. This is not you. This is my mental health that's affecting. It's not affecting you. And it was so frustrating trying to like tell her how insane she was for thinking that four milligrams was too high. She forgot that she even prescribed me four milligrams. She thought that she wasn't the one that prescribed me. And it, it hurt so bad because she couldn't see that she was in the wrong. She just thought she was on this power trip of how powerful she was. And she was able to just do whatever she want, not taking into consideration my feelings, my mental health. Like it just, it didn't affect her. And so like crying, she was like, I'm just going to send you to the new doctor so you don't have to deal with me anymore. And she sent me to the new doctor, but seeing a doctor there takes like eight months because they're also backed up. And whenever she sent the referral in, she didn't send it as urgent for me to see them immediately. So they didn't see me until for another six months. So I had every time I had needed a re- my prescription refilled, I'd have to call on the weekend to talk to an endocrinologist that was working on on call on the weekend and like tell them, Hey, like she, like I would lie to them and say, Hey, she refills my prescription. Um, will you please refill it? Because I couldn't talk to her cause she wouldn't refill it. And then I would have been hormone. I would have been hormoneless. So it was like this constant thing, this constant like rabbit hole that I would go down every month. Like it would be so stressful. I can't even tell you how stressful it would be anytime my hormones were running low because I didn't know if I was going to have hormones this next, like the next month. I didn't know if I was going to just being stopped being prescribed. And I was worried that like it was going to put me in a really, really dark place because I needed them. I needed them for my survival. I needed them to be happy. And I don't know. She just abused that power so hard and it really hurt. And then my first appointment I had with the adult endocrinologist, I said, hey, I'm on four milligrams. I took my I took my blood test and he was like, you're really low. Um, your estrogen's really low. We need to get you up. I'm putting you on six milligrams. And now he has me on six milligrams of estrogen a day. So from going... For, from two, she wanted to keep me on two. And then now I'm at six because a competent doctor is dealing with me. It's insane. And I'm fine. I'm healthy. I'm fine. 
And it was just a whole like insane issue that like I've really suffered like a lot of trauma from. Like even now, anytime my hormones are running low, I think that my doctor's not going to refill it just because I went through so much stress from her. I'm like getting a lot of like worked up about it because there have been so many times where I've missed a few days because I ran out and I couldn't get a refill. The doctor wouldn't refill it and it would stress me out so much and that would happen like every month that I would I would like have to call CVS and say, well, can you give me like an emergency dose because... Like, and a lot of times they'll give you like a two day dose. And um, so I would like, I felt like a fucking drug addict where I was like, I, like, I need this drug, please. And like, that's how it felt. And it's insane that I was made to feel that way. But like hormones I needed for my well-being, and she didn't take that seriously. She didn't value that. And because of her, I've had so much anxiety over it. Like, I don't trust any doctor anymore. And like anytime I go into my new endocrinologist, I'm always worried that he's going to ask me to do a physical exam or something. And that's, that's terrifies me more than anything. Even this new endocrinologist at one point I was talking with him and like, he complimented me and said, I looked a lot better than a lot of his other trans patients, like complimenting my looks and how I looked. And it was so like insulting, like these doctors don't understand trans people and how we're literally people and we're not this other fucking species. We're not this some, we're not like some other thing that's like so crazy and it's so easy to feel otherized in like a doctor setting, in a professional setting when people just don't understand you. And it can be frustrating because these people are supposed to be there to help you. They're supposed to be there to be able to support you. And it truly, I never felt supported when I was there and I'm still there and it's still kind of as hard. And even now I work with a therapist now and he's really nice, really great. And we're like having good sessions, but like, I still feel like no one's listening when I talk about this and no one's taking it as a big a deal as I am or as, as I've gone through. Cause his thing was like, cause his thing is like, well, they don't do that now anymore. Ever since I got there, they don't do that anymore. And I haven't seen them do that. And it's like, well, that isn't a change anything for me. Just because they don't do it now doesn't, doesn't mean that they didn't do it and that I'm not hurt by it still. Like, I'm still working through that and it's still something that affects me so fucking harshly. So it, it is something that's like weird and like I'm so anxious talking about. And I don't know if I'll post this even. <laughs> I might just do a different um, topic or something, but like it is something that I've have gone through a lot when it comes with like medical professionals, like just not understanding trans lives. It's been so fucking hurtful. I remember going to a primary care physician and they asked me if they could keep my medical records to say male so they'd know how to treat me because they still have male genitalia. They'd know how to treat me if I ever were to come in or if I ever needed like a physical exam or like, um, I don't know. It was, it was just a fucking stupid question to ask me. Like, why the fuck would you ask me that? And it's like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not, you're not going to keep my records mail. That's, I literally legally changed it on my ID. I have proof from an endocrinologist. I have a letter saying that my gender marker to be changed you're not going to keep it because you think that it's the what you need to do as a doctor. You, If you're really my doctor, you're going to know me as your patient and you're going to know what you need to do and how to treat me. And 
this fucking gender marker that they have in doctor's office are so pointless. They're so useless. Like there's no point to even be there. But when I go in and I see when I'm checking in that it says male, that's going to hurt me. So it just was insane how they didn't want to change it. And it's like, there's so much more to cut. Like it's an, it's just, I don't get it. Like there's so much more to be learned. And I remember for the longest time, I, I really, 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 really like wanted to just create this program where I went into like medical offices or like talked with doctors and show them or tell them how to treat a trans patient, make fucking demonstrations on how to communicate with a trans person because it's insane how it's insane how much they just think we are this other being when we're just another patient. If you're if I'm seeing a doctor, I want them to treat me as any other cis woman. And it's insane because they don't see that. They think we're this special thing that we need so much help and they need a baby us. And it's and it's it's just become this like horrible, horrible thing. And I don't know. I've gone through a lot and that's why I'm venting or expressing this right now. So um yeah, maybe I'm overreacting. But the situation was really traumatic for me, especially when it came to the exams that I uh, received through my endocrinologist and how it happened every single fucking time I went in. And to know that it doesn't happen now makes me really, really know that it was never necessary for them to do. So why the fuck do they do it? And that's my big thing. Why? Why? And I don't know if I'll ever get an answer. I've never confronted them. I did a lot for that That. Uh, gender clinic too. I have an interview with them. Like literally, uh, if you, I'm not going to say this, but if you Google my name, there's like an article written about me, of me endorsing like the clinic and the article is so horribly written about the trans perspective. I was so upset when they, when they, pub, when they published it because it just was so awful. It was so bad. And it just, it perceives and it showcases the trans experience as this weird fetishy, like clothes fetish or like there's, it was trying, this article was trying to find a reason for why I was trans and it was insane. The person interviewing me was insane and they just, they genuinely don't know how to treat trans patients. And I wish there was a system. I wish there was a better way. I wish that I can go into every fucking medical office and just tell them, stop being so fucking stupid. And it's just really difficult to kind of do that. But yeah, so that is my story. That is my experience with all of that. And I'm sure a lot of you guys have a similar situation or have gone through similar things when it comes to dealing with medical professionals as a trans person. And if you have any story, please feel free to share it. You can DM us on our Instagram. I'll read it. Um, if you want to go to girlish podcast on edit or at girlish podcast on instagram uh follow us and send us a message because i'd love to read it because it does feel a little lonely in this experience and going through everything that i went through it and it doesn't end it's never gonna end and i don't know i wish that i could do something i really would love to just be able to make a fucking powerpoint presentation and just have a meeting with every single doctor and to showcase how they can be inclusive towards trans people We'll see. Maybe that day will come. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know this is a little shorter, but it is harder to kind of talk about things when it is just me. Uh, Gage will be back next week, I hope. (laughs) Hopefully all goes well. And yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. It was a a little more 
difficult to talk about and I'll acknowledge that. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this. I really appreciate making um, this episode for you guys. If you want to support us, you can follow us on page or add us on Patreon. There are different tiers that you can be a part of. Um, and we would really appreciate the support. Uh, as you guys may know, I'm trying to move out to California and I really want to be closer to Gage so we don't have to miss a week like this or we don't have to do episodes by ourselves. Um, but we're really, you know, working through that. And if you guys want to support us on Patreon to make that possible one day, please feel free. We'd really appreciate it. But thank you guys for always being amazing, amazing supporters of the show. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you guys in the next episode of the Girlish Podcast. So see you guys later. Bye.